If you're still deciding on your spring break getaway, Amtrak's got just the ticket. You can visit cities from D.C. and Philly to New York and Boston, all while enjoying more sustainable travel. Amtrak produces up to 83% less carbon emissions than traveling by car or plane. And did we mention the extra legroom and comfy seats? Book early and save at Amtrak.com. Click or tap the banner. Emissions comparisons vary depending on route and locomotive type. Restrictions may apply. First, the bad news. SAP Business AI won't help you generate cubist versions of your family's holiday photos. But it will help you understand which supplier is best to help you roll out your plant-based packaging in Southeast Asia. Or identify the training your junior project manager needs to rise up the ranks. And automate repetitive tasks while you focus on big innovations. So you can be ready for the next opportunity. Revolutionary technology. Real-world results. That's SAP Business AI. Hey guys, thanks for listening to Kinda Dating, the comedy dating podcast where I, your host, Natasha Chandel, and some cool guests break down the dating world and try to figure out why the fuck do we all have commitment issues? Today's topic is, are you being love-bombed? Let's find out. Hello, friends. I'm Natasha Chandel. You're listening to Kind of Dating. Guess who's back? It's Aisha. I'm in my library. I know. Wow. <laughs> Jeez, you are so, um, you're such a scholar. You're so academic. Yeah. I've really used this time to step it up. You yeah. Know? Wow. All those books. Man, <laughs> you're like a fucking genius right now. Yes. Um, we also have Adam in the house. Hey, everyone. <laughs> um, Friends, if you like what you hear, I know I say this a lot, but I'd really, really like you to, you know, do us a solid. And uh, remember to subscribe to the podcast wherever you get it and leave us a five-star rating or review, especially on Apple Podcasts. That's how we chart. That's how we rank. Um, It would mean a lot to us. So please, please, please do that. Also, we're on social media. So make sure you follow us um, so we can stay in touch. And if you have questions or whatever, our Instagram is hilarious. We're at kind of dating across the board. Um, Adam, Aisha, where are you guys at? I am at Aisha Sundance across the board. And I am Adam Pineless across the board. And I'm at Natasha Chandel on Instagram. Natasha underscore Chandel on Twitter, which by the way is um, a very uncensored me. So uh, beware if you follow me there. Um, at <laughs> Natasha Chandel official on Facebook. Um, okay, we are getting into today's episode. I am so, so excited to have our guest on today. I have been following her for a long time. She's amazing, hilarious, fucking pioneering. Um, for brown women. She's stand-up comedian, host, MC, producer of Minority Reports. She's been featured in Forbes, LA Times, Young Turks. God, her list honestly genuinely goes on. Um, give it up for Mona Shake. What's up, girl? Hey, thank you for having me. This is so exciting. Yeah, we're so happy to have you on. We're so glad we could finally make it happen. Listen, hardest working people in showbiz right here, all four of us on a Sunday. Taping this out. Let's do this. We're like the United Colors of Benetton. I guess we sure are. That's right. (laughs) I mean, maybe not so much uh, about Adam, but Adam, we can share some of our melanin with you. It's fine. (laughs) I appreciate it. Hey, there are lighter shades of the rainbow. Yeah. You know, we need need all the colors. 
We know. Um, Mona, we start every episode by asking our our uh, guests and friends, single or in a relationship. Does 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 kind of dating matter? Because that is the name of your podcast. One hundred, yeah. <laughs> kind of dating, yeah. One no extra points. Multiple? No, not yet. Working on that. Uh, no, just one for now. Nice. Um. So, is it like y- y'all are hanging out but haven't defined it yet? Yeah, it has been a little complex with this person. Um, We were dating right before the quarantine hit and everything was going really fine. Uh, And then they started acting really weird. uh, And then I called them out on their shit. And they were like, that's not me. And I was like, get the fuck out. Uh, And then I was like, I don't need to put up with your crap. Get the fuck out. Uh, and then this person was like, no, 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 you don't understand. I really want to be with you. And I was like, yeah, then get your shit together. Yeah. And then this person came back crawling again. And I was like, I was like, fine, I'll give you a second chance. And then this person started messing up again. I was like, no, no, not acceptable. Nope. Step your game up. Nope. Not acceptable. Then they left and then they were like, no, 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 you don't understand. Uh, um, uh, they, they, they came back again the third time uh, and while during their drunken stupor confessed to me that they have fallen in love with me. Um, Yeah. So that's like a lot. Uh, And I was just like, yeah, I was like, but you're still acting like a bit of an asshole. So how are we going to work that out? And he's like, no, no, no. I get stressed out and this, that I'm like, don't blame it on the stress. I was like therapy for it. There's like, take a walk, take a hike. Watch some porn. Do whatever shit you need to do. Like, don't bring that shit to me, you know? Um, so, uh, so yeah, that's where it's at. It's weird. It's weird. It's weird is what it is, Natasha. Thank you all for listening to Kinda Dating. If you already subscribed, great. We love you. If you're not, get on it. Go to that podcast app on your phone, computer, whatever, and hit the button now so you can get your fix weekly. Side effects include laughing your ass off, sorting out your shit, and finding true love. Isn't that what we all want? That's definitely fair. It's it's uh, it's definitely like a hot cold kind of thing. Yeah. Um, it's always interesting because we get a lot of messages that sound just like like your story, and I mean, I always just tell people at the end of the day, like the only thing that matters is somebody's actions. So, like, yeah. even if they're saying "I love you," but awesome it's not amounting to anything. It doesn't matter. Like it just doesn't matter. Like you could still love somebody and not be able to be with them. So like, who gives a fuck that you love me? Like, I I don't give a shit. Like, unless you're not going to step up and be there, doesn't matter. Exactly. And that's exactly what I uh, told this person too. So I I think this, uh, yeah, I mean, I I told him, I was like, I'm looking for a partner, not a project. I was like, don't be a Mm -hmm. project. I was like, I don't need a project. Good yeah. for you, girl. I like it. Right. Yeah. I, he's like, what I love about you is how brash you are. <laughs> what? That's not a compliment. I know. I, I'm cussing you out. How is that a compliment? That's not true. That's a great segue because we're doing another episode on gender roles. And I'm going to bring that up when we talk about it then. Yeah. I mean, you were talking about love bombing. Yes. And that's, this that's episode is love bombing. Yes. And so this one, I want to ask you guys, do you know what love bombing is yes. um, and and have you experienced it? Yes, with this very person that I'm... <laughs> right. This person I, I'm bomb. not sure. I'm not sure either. 
So, nope. so according to Cosmo, this is this is their definition. It's the practice of showering a person with excessive affection and attention in order to gain control or significantly influence their behavior. The love bomber's attention might feel good, but the motive is all about manipulation. An example is like, you know, where it feels like a world will whirlwind romance. Um, and it's very like in the beginning, like, like you're the best, you're everything. We're soulmates. We're meant to be together. Oh my God, isn't this amazing? And a lot of times it ends up like sort of fading, kind of like Mona's situation where it gets very hot and then super cold and then very hot and then super cold. Mm -hmm. Um, so now that we've sort of defined that, have you guys either love bombed somebody else unknowingly or knowingly? At which point we call you out being a dick. Right. <laughs> um, or have you experienced it? I've definitely experienced it. And Mona... But this is, a, this is intentional manipulation, right? Well, I like, don't so, think most people really even know that they're doing it intentionally. Like, my crazy ex was the love bomber. Um, Bruce Lee is a love bomber. You know, they're... No, mm. Sorry. These are people, nicknames of people I've dated, Mona. Um, <laughs> so, uh, you know, there are people that in the beginning... You feel, I think a big sign is you feel something is off and they're convincing you and they're sort of chipping away at you. It's like, okay. like when I was with crazy, guy, I said in the beginning, I was like, I don't think we're really compatible. And he sat me down, he started crying and he was like, this grown ass dude bawling going, I've never felt this way about somebody. I even told my sister about you. And I was like, this is my person. And I literally was like, oh my God, maybe because this person feels so strongly, I am wrong. Mm -hmm. And then as soon as he got me and within that was fuck insane within four days of meeting this person, he moved himself into my apartment and, okay. mm -hmm, and I was just new baby, baby from Canada. Uh, I, I was like, what's happening? Is this normal? Is this how it happens in America? And, uh, and then, you know, as soon as he got me disappeared, he would like disappear for two weeks and, and then like come back when he was living with you. Yeah. Yeah. He would just disappear for two weeks and I'm like, what the fuck? And I go crazy and like not answer my calls. And then it would be like calls all day. And, you know, so th that's, that's an extreme example of love bombing in, in a very, um, sort of abusive way, but there are a lot of the love bombers they say are narcissistic. And I think they sort of they kind of vacillate between the super extreme and like, Oh my God, he's just really into me, mm -hmm. but he's not doing anything. If yes. that makes sense. Or she, sorry, shouldn't say he, she, them, you know, people are, are doing that kind of stuff. So now that we've defined it a little more. Do you think you've experienced it? I don't think I've experienced it per se, but I definitely think that I am guilty of some acute love bombing, <laughs> but not with the intention to manipulate. I just want to put that out. I just yeah. couldn't help myself. But um, I, I tend to do it through like gift giving. Like I remember I was dating this one person or barely been dating, whatever. But I definitely was like, doing too much like i planned this whole birthday for this guy and all this shit and like invited his friends and like we had only been hanging out for like i don't know maybe a month and like realizing now i'm like all right that was like a lot 
I get it. <laughs> <laughs> like I've been guilty of that kind of stuff for sure. <laughs> I know like when there was once where like someone I had known and worked for for years and I briefly like hit it off and you know we I was thinking like gosh maybe this is uh, the next great relationship you know and it's not like I was intentionally trying to like smother I ended up just writing like a letter and then never sending it to them yeah. um which is you know good but um you know it's like sort of a weird thing because it's like, oh, yeah, I guess that was where I was at that point, you know, <laughs> and I wrote that. I don't know. So I mean, um, Aish, that was super awesome and honest of you, because I think what you're saying is what a lot of people do do. And right. it's not it's not overly manipulative. It's not like you're trying to be, but it comes from a different place of like, yeah. I want to be loved by somebody mm-hmm. or I want to be liked. So I'm going to go and do more. And it kind of, kind of comes back to like the attachment style thing. But one of my really good friends um, went through this with his partner. Um, and the guy, it was, it's a gay relationship. And a guy uh, within two months was telling this person, like was telling my friend he loved him and just go like all day, like wanted to be together in these like seven hour talks and, you know, like such a, and whenever my friend tried to like put, would be like, Hey, this is kind of a lot. It would turn into like a four hour discussion about like, Oh my God, why do you think that's a lot? Like, is it because you don't know how to be loved? You don't Ah. want to be loved and you know, it becomes like a very, and I don't think, again, the person was trying to, the person really felt mm-hmm. like it was some insane connection. And yeah. I kept trying to be like, yeah, but you never tell. So like, not to say never, but really just don't tell somebody you love them within the first month. Like it, it, this isn't the notebook, you know? Um, and the notebook is a great example. Holy shit of love bombing. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, I watched the notebook again and, uh, Fuck the notebook. Okay. <laughs> fuck the notebook. Yeah, what why? bullshit fucking concept to put out to people being like, oh, we met like when we were 17. And then, and I'm like, first of all, bitch, you're working two men at the same time. So let's get <laughs> those shit straight over here. Okay. <laughs> like innocent, but you're like out there sucking that dick and then sucking that dick. Fuck you. Okay. Take your fucking pick. You only get to suck one dick. Okay. Fine. You can suck two dicks too. Who the fuck am I to tell you that? But that's just bullshit. Like, I watched it again, and I was like, this is some bullshit. Like, I've, initially, I was like, oh, I love the notebook. And then I watched it again, and I was like, yo, this is some bullshit right now. Like, what the hell? It's yeah, you, you'll, you'll never actually be able to enjoy a Disney movie again after working on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Garbage concept. I'm sorry. You know, and the- I, I have not seen the notebook, but there is a lot of dick sucking I take from this. <laughs> yes, there is a lot of dick sucking happening yeah. for sure. And by the way, the girl's mother's in the dick sucking action too, because she used to be in love with some dude and then she ended up marrying the rich guy for security. And then she's like, oh my God, why did I do that? It's like, bitch, we know why you did that. You did that for fucking security. This is not a movie, okay? This is fucking decisions you made for life decisions. End of movie. Let's go. Next movie. Let's do this. Like, yeah, I mean, it is. It, there are a lot of really bad tropes and examples in a lot of these movies. Um, we have an episode with the Bechdel cast on 
how uh, how movies have affected relationships. So for sure, agree with that. Yeah, because it creates like this 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 unrealistic expectation of what love really is. Love isn't really that way. I have been in love, and it wasn't nothing like what the Notebook says. It's nothing yeah. like that. It's, yeah. a, it's absurd. Like the, the realities of life dictate otherwise. Like the realities of life is you know what, I'm, you know, you have to get up and do the dishes while I'm going to do the, do the laundry. They didn't show that shit in the notebook. That part. <laughs> they didn't show that. Like, those are not realities of life. So when I watch stuff like that, I feel like movies and like these love TV shows and all this, they have ruined love for people. They single-handedly have ruined love because it's not a true reflection of what it really is. What, what, what is it to be like, hey, you know, uh, I'm in love with this person and this person uh, just got diagnosed with cancer. What am I going to do with this person? You know, in reality, I know at least two couples where the, the other partner left. They didn't want to deal with the person. They don't wow. deal with it. One person got diagnosed with MS the moment they got that. And by the way, how did this woman get diagnosed? She was a petite little girl. Okay, the doctor had specifically told her to only have barely one pregnancy, right? The husband was like, no, 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 we're going to have a second child. By the time she had her second child, she got diagnosed with MS. Her tiny little body could not take the trauma of childbirth, and she ended up getting MS. Now, they're still speculating if it, if it was because of that. And the moment he found out that she had MS, he left her. Where's that? Where's that movie? Where's that movie? That's not reality. I mean, I don't really want to watch that movie. <laughs> but, but that's the reality, right? <laughs> it all seems nicer in a night to a walk to remember not a night to remember that's the titanic but yeah a walk to remember no but you're right you're right there there are definitely a lot of um representations in movies that that mess up people in our head and and or mess us up in our head and i think like like Jerry Maguire, for example, in a way where he says, like, you complete me is an example of love bombing too, right? So, um, and it makes people think like, this is how love must be. They must be obsessed with me mm -hmm. to, for, for it to be real, basically. Um, yeah. But why do you guys think, you know, putting yourself in somebody else's shoes why do you think somebody would sort of love bomb? I mean, one one reason we gave, like, you know, maybe in certain examples, it's you just, do you want to almost like, you're like, I don't know if I'm lovable, so let me shower them with something that'll convince them that they, that I am lovable. Like, here's yeah. some gifts or here's something. I've done it too. I've done it. And not a prolonged way, but definitely in examples of that for sure. Like you mean, uh, do that to someone where you're yeah, like, like, why would somebody like it? Maybe in your situation, why do you think this person is love bombing you? Oh, I know exactly why they're love bombing me. Why? They don't have, uh, you know, this person without giving away their profession. They are in the entertainment business. Uh, their business is struggling. Uh, they have a child with their ex uh, yeah. that is like six years old. Um, and this person told me, they're like, I have fucked up every other relationship before you. I have literally, they're like, you are the, you are the, you are the one person I've met who has their shit together. And I really like, and he's like, I know that you would be good for my son. You're not just good for me. You're also good for my son. You will be good to him. I can tell that about you. And so that's why he's love bombing and he's just trying to hold on to me. But then 
you know, his words don't match his actions, right? Everything is about, everything is about what I want, what my son wants. And I'm just like, where do I fit in that? Where do I fit in that space exactly? Where, where do what is there room for me? Like, what am I? That's a really, really, really good point. So uh, in psychology today, they, they say, uh, and I think it sort of falls under your category a little bit. There is a big portion of it that is about control. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so they say they may use flattery and attention as tools to build themselves up as a perfect partner, mm-hmm. the better to gain your trust, affection, and ultimately adoration. Narcissists often learn through experience that once partners see through their facades, the relationship may self-destruct. Once they have convinced you of how good the, t- the two of you are together, the narcissist will try to shape your role in the relationship into a member of their supporting cast. Mm. Well, there it is. Yeah. Well, I will be firing myself if he doesn't. <laughs> so I will be giving myself the pink slip. So, right. Yeah. Yeah, but but you know, I think the the hard part about this uh, is that it feels really good. We have to admit that. Like, I've been love bombed. I'm sure at times I've done it to somebody in certain actions. Like, it feels good. And that's why we get trapped in the cycle. Yeah, not really, though. Can I tell you something, though? I think it feels good when the person is gone and you start romanticizing them in your head and then they come back and then all the reality and all the bullshit they brought with them comes back in your face and you're just like, so now what I do is when I hang out with this person, I just sit in the moment and ask myself how I feel. Mm. How do I feel like being in the presence of this person? Do they make me feel empowered? Do they make me feel good? You know, what, what are the conversations about? Are all the conversations about them? Then no, I don't, I don't want to be around this person. You know, like I hung out with this person yesterday. We went to by the beach because I wanted to go take a walk by the beach and stuff. And the entire time this person just talked about themselves and what they wanted to do. Um, and I stopped them and I was just like, can you take your head out of your ass for one second? Uh, and just have a conversation with me like a person because this is supposed to be a two-way conversation. Uh, and he was like, are you getting mad at me? I'm like, no, I'm not getting mad at you. You'll find out when I'm mad at you. I said, I'm conversing with you and letting you know exactly how I feel in this moment. So I'm telling you to take your head out of your ass, have a conversation with me like a person, or we're going we're gonna to get in the fucking car and go home. So take your fucking pick. What's it going to be? You know? So may I oh, ask, Yeah. why have you kept it going? Um, I think, um, I romanticized it in my head and I think that's the one thing that I'm asking myself and also going back to therapy to find out, uh, to be like, what, what, why am I still attracted to this person? What is it about this person? Um, and I think it's, I think it goes back to the point, what you just said, it does feel good to be like, oh, you know, I was asking myself, I was like, is it better to be completely alone and go date these morons who barely return your phone calls or just make it like this kind of push and pull where like, you call me, you text me. Well, I'll let you know like that bullshit. And it just really irritates me. I'm like, is that worse than being with this person? Okay. Who is just constantly bragging about themselves, constantly talking about themselves. And then we have a few good moments maybe. And then I go off to my life. You know, which or, is, or, huh? or the third option, which is find a nicer person, find somebody who doesn't play games, who you have, who you can have a real relationship and cares back and forth. 
Right. But, I love that. But yeah, we are definitely don't give yourself just those two options. No, I agree with you. I yeah. agree with you. And I mean, we live in Los Angeles and you know that Los Angeles rated, is rated the worst city to date in. Like that's literally the, the rating of Los Angeles. And you know, the quality of people here is not the most stellar. So I feel like, like third option, of course. Hey, Adam I, exists. Adam, Adam is here and he's Adam awesome. Is a, Adam is yeah, a nice My wife's Adam, from LA. Other I got people lucky in that case. Okay, well, good for you, Adam. <laughs> That's awesome. Okay, us Angelinos are awesome. <laughs> Aisha is a native, yes. <laughs> okay. With what you guys are talking about, I think it's good to point out that, you know, what seems a lot of times more drastic can also seem more romantic. You know, think about like movies like Say Anything where John Cusack's standing out there holding a boombox above his head. In one way, he's totally crazy and that's a terrible idea. And like any normal person would be like, get off my lawn, you're crazy. I said, no, leave me alone. You know, um, but there it's like, oh, look at this well, guy. Yeah, you're <laughs> totally right. I mean, the example of Romeo and Juliet were taught it in high school, right? Romeo is sort of obsessed with Juliet shows up at her window, fucking throwing rocks and shit, which made us think, oh my God, yeah. don't you want a love story like Romeo and Juliet where he's so obsessed with you? Like They forget the ending. Song, there's also the song <laughs> that fucking pisses me off, which, you know, I've been doing the like ly- lyrics that make me go, it's like a little short form series, but Sam Smith has a song called um, uh, Die For You. And he oh, says, basically, he wants to find somebody that he could die for. And I was like, no, no, you don't. You Nobody should ask you to die for them. And you shouldn't be dying for somebody. Like, the, the idea that, that again, this extremes, this, I, this, this romanticizing the extremes of a relationship is what the problem is becoming because we're, we're getting we're getting attached to a dopamine high. It really is a chemical reaction. Every time yeah. somebody love bombs you, it's like getting a hundred likes on social media in five seconds for a post. You're suddenly like, holy shit, this feels amazing. I yeah. want to up that again. I want, I want to do that again. Like, how can I make that happen? And then kind of what Mona feels, the second you're away from the person, the crash happens. Oh wait, yeah. I don't have dopamine hitting me. Wait, I don't really like this feeling. I don't like this person. I don't think I like the way I feel around this person. But then right then, they'll hit you back up. They'll text you. They'll message you. They'll do whatever. And then you're like, oh, hi again. Oh, it's fine. Like, maybe I'm okay. And then it's, you know, like, it's a fucking vicious cycle. Agreed. I agree. The one thing I do have to say about, you know, you were saying about Romeo and Juliet, about, uh, you know, uh, being obsessed. Uh, so I was reading this, uh, I, was, I think I was watching one of these like uh, videos, these relationship guru videos on YouTube. Uh, and, and this guy was talking about how for, for a man to fall in love with a woman, he has to have the infatuation factor. If he is not infatuated with the woman, he is not going to fall in love with the woman. So to what to us comes across as obsession, to a man, it is infatuation. And if it is not infatuated, with a woman, then he is, she is just another chick that he's friends with. You are, Adam? I mean, Adam, what do you think? Do you think that's true that like a man needs to be infatuated in the beginning? Uh, I think, yes. Like I, 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 well, you know, I think 
there are people who are looking for different things at different times. You know, when you're a guy and you meet a new girl, um, you know, immediately from the first date or first time you meet her, you know, there's going to be certain things that she either meets or doesn't meet off of your personal checklist and give or take, you know, whatever characteristics you, you do or don't like. And if, if they want to win her over, they know they're going to have to do more. You know, like, I think that's the thing is like, you know, uh, in our society, it is fairly uh, male driven and it has been traditionally, uh, you know, like, you know, whether it be paying for meals or whether it be taking them out on a nice date somewhere, uh, which obviously right now we can't quite do, but, you know, normally going places and so on, you know, it's something that is sort of like in their role. And if they bring their A game, then maybe the girl will be impressed and like them, you know, and that's sort of the thing, you know. Yeah. I think this kind of also connects with what we're going to talk about next, but because there's so much emphasis on like the man taking control and like the males, you know, figuring things out, us women are sort of like, all right, well, yeah, he has to be like so fucking obsessed with me. Otherwise this is obviously like he's not interested. So I think because we've been so conditioned for that and we're not taking control of our own agency a lot of the time, we fall victim to this because yeah, you're right. It does feel good. Um, it feels like, yeah, we're being wanted. We're being hunted sort of. And this guy, this guy's going to want us. So yeah, it comes back to years and years and years and years of hard conditioning. Yeah, no, you're completely right. Everybody's very right. I think it also comes down to people's definition of love, right? Like in high school, and I don't know if this was taught here, but like in Canada, we, I remember in class, we were taught like different types of love. So it was like platonic, lust, infatuation, real love. And so that, that I remember as a kid being like, oh, that's the difference between friend zone, between somebody just wanting to fuck me and and somebody like really being in love with me. And something I have, because you use the, see, here's the key word of what that male expert you talked about said. He said the word infatuation. Infatuation is not love. Infatuation is an extreme feeling of a high, like chemical dopamine thing where it's, it's borderline lust. It's like, it is that obsessive phase. And this is why, like, have I not said this on the podcast a trillion times in the, before in the beginning, everything a person says is word vomit, (laughs) everything. So the biggest thing that hurts me because I was this person too, guys would always tell me, Oh my God, you know, fuck, we make beautiful babies together. Oh my God. You know, I can't imagine like I, and then they would start fucking picturing a life with you and you start going, oh my God, he really like, why would a guy say that? Why would a guy ever talk about, guys never talk about kids. If he's talking about a kid right. with me, it's because he's really into me. Yeah. And then you realize like, wait, they don't actually step up because what I learned from then talking to my guy friends or hearing their stories is they're not even thinking when they say that it's all just word vomit because they're feeling it. It's not that they don't feel it, but they're not thinking of the repercussions of that. They're just saying words. And so in the beginning, I tell everybody, do not trust the single thing that comes out of, I don't want to just say guys because girls do it too. We, I mean, when we want to get somebody, we say anything to get them, but we're not really thinking about it. Haven't you guys just liked somebody and then you, they actually like you back and you're like, Oh, do I, do I like you that 
much. Nah, I know, right? <laughs> and so you're like, but you've said a bunch of stuff, probably. You know, even telling a guy like, you know, fuck, you're you're so handsome. I admire you. A guy in their head is like, she admires me. That yes. means there's something, you know? And so in the beginning, I'm like, never trust a single word somebody says. That doesn't mean don't enjoy it. Mm. Enjoy it. But don't put all your eggs in that basket. Because the only thing that matters is the action that takes place after it. Sorry, Adam. Yeah. And then, and it's like the, basically like, are they going to put that into some, some actionable step? Otherwise it's just words and who gives a fuck? Sorry. Yeah. No, no, it's fine. Uh, I do want to clarify also, you want to try to make sure that you're not overly reading into something too that a guy does. Cause in general, I will say we, uh, at least me and, uh, and probably most of my guy friends, I don't think we're too like, hopefully not too manipulative or conniving or, or something like that. But like, you know, like, there are certain things that do come up in conversation that are just sort of fun sometimes. Like for instance, one thing I've always, you know, it's not like I I talk about all the time, but at certain points I've definitely had conversations with multiple people like, Hey, if we ever had a kid, it'd be funny to name them this, you know, cause I come up with all kinds of terrible children's names and, and it's like totally stupid. And it doesn't mean that I'm right away ready to have a child, but you know, the girl could potentially hear that and be like, he's talking about potential children's names with me. Not potentially. She's 100% thinking that. <laughs> and that's what I tell every one of my guy friends. I have heard this exact thing, Adam. So you completely yeah. clarified what I was saying, which yeah. is it's not malicious is guys word vomit. It's like yeah. they think something, hey, it's funny. I'm just going to say it. And I'm not thinking that a chick, no matter who you think it is, okay, maybe with the exception of me, who's not sure about a kid, is like, oh, fuck. He's talking about a kid means he's thinking about marriage. He's thinking about being with me long-term. He's thinking that I'm, I have potential. Like That's what goes through a, a chick's head when a guy is making a joke. And so I tell girls, like, you can't control the guy. You can't control him from doing anything, but you can control the way you receive that information, which is, oh, awesome. Thanks. Yeah. Our kid would be, yeah. Wouldn't they be, uh, they'd be fucking this tall. They'd be beautiful. And then move on. Don't, Don't absorb that information as like something real. Because if he really wanted to put a ring on it, he would just put a fucking ring on it and, and knock you up and have a baby and make you his wife. Hopefully not on the first date, you know, That's during the saying. infatuation stage. But well, hey, Adam, sorry, Adam we call that we call that arranged marriage. But um, <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> but like it, I mean, you know, I dated this this young guy. Um, we call him twenty eight year old on the show, and I remember getting so mad because it was like four months into our relationship. I was like super slow pacing this. I was like, eh, I don't really, you know, let's just pace. And, but we had never really defined it. And I was fine because we were completely going slow. And then one day when we went out, he started multiple times, told people I was his girl. And I was like, okay, like we had this discussion, but all right, sure. And then, then told me then, then like a month later, got me to like meet his mother. He had said nobody had ever gotten him to, nobody has ever met his mother. No, no girl he's ever dated has ever met his mom, blah, 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 all these things. He wanted to take me to Hawaii to meet his dad. And I was like, I'm still (laughs) trying to apply my own rules, which is like, be cautious. And then one day it slipped out of my mouth. 
that something, something, um, that I'm your girlfriend or something like the, the word girlfriend or boyfriend slipped out of my mouth. And I was like, Oh shit, fine. Fuck it. Let's just see. It came out. And then he had a fucking panic attack and we ended up breaking up because it was like, Oh my God, I, I didn't know we were in a relationship. I'm like, well, I'm not saying we were in a relationship. Are you seeing somebody else? He's like, no. And I'm like, do you want to see somebody else? He's like, no. And I'm like, but do you realize the stuff you said to me? And he's like, oh, I didn't realize I was that that's what that meant to you. I'm like, but this, I this met is... your mother. <laughs> <laughs> it just, I was like, it still didn't mean anything to me, but you made it seem like it meant something that but I he didn't said even give you're a shit. his girl. Is what yeah. he said. Times yeah. guys, like, and he, like, he didn't consider that girlfriend. No, he, that's okay. what I'm saying. So it's I different. was like, I even said that to him. I'm like, you introduced me, but this is what I'm saying is that example of like, it didn't matter. It didn't matter what he said. It only yeah. mattered what he did. But even the did part can get confusing because on one end, he was still showing me steps of like meeting his family and doing all these things. But you can still not be sure until you have a joint conversation and both people are on the same page. Because sometimes love bombing can cut, turn out to be manipulative in our way. Mm-hmm. They can also come off as fucking stalkerish, yeah. like in yeah. the notebook or whatever, you know? So people got to be like really aware of how they're feeling through these things. Mm-hmm. Like Mona, what you're doing is correct. You're like, you go back and you're like, how am I feeling in this situation? Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. And, you know, and, I, and I'm letting you know in real time what's happening. Mm-hmm. Like, this is how you're making me feel. So you can tell me that you love me all you want, but you're not adjusting your behavior. So just so you know. So like, for instance, he was on a call, some business call uh, Friday night uh, with London or whatever. Uh, and the partner that he's talking to there, he's just like, yeah, he's like, I'm like, I'm kind of dating this chick, you know, referring to me like to my face. Yikes. I'm like, kind of, I'm like, kind of, I'm like, go sit. I'm, I'm like, go lie your ass down on the couch. I'm like, that's what you get for kind of go lie your ass. <laughs> okay. I was like, I will see you in the morning. Have a good night. And he was like, no, no, baby. That's not what I meant. I was like, but this is what I mean. Go lie on the fucking couch. You're fucking kind of dating. Like, I was like, what is it? I'm like, so what's the deal? I'm like, are we boyfriend and girlfriend? What's the deal now? And he was like, oh, we're putting labels? I'm like, oh, are you going to be one of those assholes? I'm like, you're going to be one of those assholes with me right now. And he was like, what do you mean those assholes? I'm like, you know exactly what the fuck I mean. I'm mm-hmm. like, I'm like, now now it's about labels now? I'm like, first you're telling me you're in love with me and then you can't even fucking come out and say that you're, I'm your girlfriend? So which is it? I'm like, either you need to go to therapy or you need to stop, stop dragging me in your bullshit. I was like, because I, I, I don't have time for this crap, you know? I, you know what the craziest thing is? I think he's the first guy that I'm like so brash with. And then he just sits there and just takes it. So I think he has some severe self-esteem issues. Well, I think he, he definitely sounds like he does. But, I, you know, and this is with complete all due, com- like sisterhood respect right no, here. No, he has no respect for him. No, no, no. I'm saying you know, it's, it becomes like a codependency thing in a way. It's like his yeah. insecurity is playing off your insecurity and your yes. insecurity is playing off his insecurity. For at sure. the end of the day, you telling him to go on the couch and do all of that is fine. It's great to set a boundary, but every time you come back to that situation is right. all he needs, is, all, yes. is the only thing he is paying attention to. Not, oh, she put me on the couch. She's yeah. showing up the next time. 
That's right. And that's all that matters. I mean, what you brought up though, is a really good segue to, you know, some signs for people to look out for, for being love bombed. And one is, you know, if you, for example, tell somebody you're moving too fast or Mm -hmm. what is this? Like you could be showering me with gifts. You could be showering me with compliments, all of which are signs of love bombing, like overtly, you know, if, if it feels too early, it's probably too early. And, and if you start setting a boundary, they start turning it on you or Mm -hmm. they start getting mad or like in your case, they're gaslighting you. So it's about labels. Mm -hmm. I had gone through that shit back in the day with all the commitment phobes I'd ever dated. They would be like, Oh really? We're putting a label on it. Oh, and now <laughs> I'm, I'm like, yeah, yeah. yeah. Sure. And that's a, by the way, that's a sure sign of somebody telling you uh, that uh, they're not sure. That that's a sure sign of them telling you that you know they have commitment issues. Uh, they're not sure about you, or they have their own bullshit that haven't worked out. And now they're gonna they're basically expecting you to save them. And I think for in the past, I look, I I, I think I've mentioned it on my social media a little bit. I come from a background of very uh, like physically and mentally and emotionally abusive men uh, from my father to my brothers. I have never had a good role, a male role model uh, to kind of go off of. So I have to create this fantasy guy uh, mm-hmm. and, you know, hope that uh, the fantasy guy that I've created and the list that I've created of the qualities I want in this person are going to manifest themselves one day. Um, however, I think when it comes to, you know, so I, I think I go in this subconscious and mode in the past of like this codependency of I have to rescue a man. So if I have, if I save you and rescue you, then I will be worthy of love, which is bullshit uh, because I'm worthy of love regardless. I don't need to rescue you. So even though I consciously, consciously am saying I need a partner, not a project. On, the sub, on a very deep subconscious level, there's some other bullshit going on that I constantly have to go and catch myself and say, okay, how am I feeling when, the, when I'm with this person? How am I doing this? But, and you brought up an exactly a perfect point, which is all he get, looks at is she comes back to me. That's all he looks yeah. at. Yeah. He's like, you can tell me and say, Look, what? I'm telling you as a person who has gone through several, oh, no, I believe like, you. you know, and a, and a codependent. I used to be a massive codependent, uh, you know, for anybody out there listening who's like, oh shit, that sounds like me. Um, there's a really great book. It's like the Bible on codependencies called Codependent No More. Um, really amazing book. Um, I literally cried the first time I read, went through the checklist. I was like, holy shit, this is me. Why am I like this? <laughs> and, um, but you know, it, it turned me onto a journey where, where now I really feel like I make better decisions or I may, I get out faster or it doesn't like bring me down in that way. Like there used to be a time where I would stay in something so much longer and then it would break me after. Like I would mm-hmm. still be so depressed for having made the decision to leave where now I'm like, Oh, I see that you're fucked up. This isn't working with me. I tried. Bye. And like, I just don't think about it again. Cause I'm like, that's just not the right person. Like yeah, it's just not. And, um, right. the right person is not going to make you feel like that simply put. Um, and you know, I want to run through a couple other signs of if you're being love bombed, um, and guys, please chime in if anything pops in your head as I'm saying this, because I'm just going to go off a list. We talked mm-hmm. about gifts and compliments, um, 24-7 texts and calls. You know, a friend told me, oh my God, I thought he totally liked me. I was his morning call every day. I was his morning text. I was his night text. 
Um, so sometimes that can make people think that something is more than what it is. Um, they want your undivided attention is more on the controlling side of love bombing where they want, they want less time with other people. When you start hanging out with friends, like, Oh, really? Like my love language is quality Quality. time, (laughs) (laughs) you know, um, that kind of shit. Um, they're overly romantic about the relationship. They say, I love you right away. We're soulmates. We belong together. It's fate. Um, they want to move really fast. Like in my situation, crazy guy moved in four days after we started dating. Um, <laughs> we just made a place to stay. And you're almost overwhelmed by their intensity. Like that, I think that's a huge feeling you talked about, Mona, is when you go back, how you feel. That yes. is your only and pure sign. Because when you go back, mm-hmm. you should feel good after you mm-hmm. meet somebody. Um, the best relationships I've had were people I felt great about after. Um, Mm -hmm. and you don't feel, uh, any of this. And, and one thing I always bring it back to is like, if you don't believe any of the stuff we're talking about, it's science, right? Like in science, they say every action has an equal and opposite reaction, which is why they say when something goes up, it must come down but it always comes down with the same force. So if something goes up really fast, it's going to f- crash really fast. And mm-hmm. that's why therapists and psychologists everywhere always say a good relationship is a gradual build. Because if you have a gradual build up the hill, you'll have a slower fall down the hill. Because at some point you will, like relationships always go through an up and down. Yeah. But all of our bad relationships, if we think about it, are the ones that went like, whew, Fucking sure. roller coaster up down, you know. Um, I mean, do, in your experiences, does any of that like? Are there any other things that you think of? Um, I wanted to ask really quickly. What do you guys think about how this relates to a person's age? Because I feel like at different ages, yeah. going and like you know to impress someone with outlandish things gets crazier and crazier. Like I feel like in your early twenties you know, more people are probably uh, not ready to lock down their final person, you know, that they're going to stay with if that's their goal, Um, Mm -hmm. you know, and so on. And, you know, I think that it is kind of one of those things where like when it gets to be, you know, a person who's in his, you know, 30s or even 40s or 50s, like the more outlandish they're getting, you know, with their, you know, say anything moments or or something like Mm -hmm. that, you know, it does get a little bit crazier too. Um, Yeah. I would say for me, it was the opposite. When I was younger, I was definitely more susceptible to being love-bombed, which I realized now that I was actually being love-bombed by somebody who was manipulative. Um, And myself love-bombing people, um, just because it came from a place of so much more insecurity and just unsure of myselfness, um, which, you know, through time and age and experiences and growth, I've eventually been able to grow out of. So at least on my part, I am no longer exhibiting those behaviors. So, I don't know, that's for me. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I uh, was married uh, throughout my 20s, pretty much. Mm-hmm. So, I, I met this person at 18. I was married at 22. I got divorced at 27. Uh, so, everything happened at a much younger age for me. So, when people are going out and exploring and learning about what yeah. they like, what they don't like, I didn't have any of it. I was a married woman. Uh, I didn't know anything. So by the time I got out in my t- by 27, by the time my divorce happened, 
uh, you know, I'm like literally standing as if I'm an 18 year old, you know, because I never lived that life. I, I don't know what that's like. So I'm going out and like dating people and I'm uh, being manipulated by some people. Uh, but, you know, I was, this is going to come across a little crazy. I went out with this German guy once. Okay. Uh, he was this tall, hot German guy. Okay. Uh, um, I'm judging. Not just right now. I'm, he sounds I'm tall say, and hot. Yeah. <laughs> very tall and hot. Very. I'm going to say that German guys give black guys also a run for their money. I'm just going <laughs> to right now. Okay. Um, uh, German guys are packing some major heat. Okay. Uh, and um, uh, hey, listen, listen, and uh, you know, uh, and I went out with this guy and he was like romancing me and then we went out on a few dates and then he slept with me um, and then just poof, disappeared. Right. So what he forgot is that he would call me from his work number. Um, and I had his work phone number. So I called his work number um, and the assistant put me through and he picked up the phone. Huh? And I was like, hey, man, what's up? Where you been? I was like, you're ignoring my texts, you're ignoring my calls. I was like, what, you don't want to be with me, Lola? And he goes, oh, no, I just, you know, I've just been busy. I was like, mm-hmm. I was like, but you're not the president of the United States, so you can't be that funny. <laughs> so I was like, fucking get the call. You know, I was like, if you don't want to be with me, that's fine, but have the fucking decency. You right? I think this is the early ages of ghosting. This one ghosting was becoming a thing, right? Yeah. And he goes, he goes, Well, you know, I mean, I um I'm like, hey, this is what I'm gonna do, okay? I know exactly where you work. So I what I'm gonna do tonight is I'm gonna show up after your work, you're gonna take me out to dinner, and then you're gonna sit down and tell me why you've been acting like a little bitch. Sounds good. Wow. What year was this? <laughs> 2000, I don't know. Like, like early this, 2000s? Uh, no, this is like late 2000s. How did I was that- just curious because um, the not having his personal cell phone number was interesting. I had, his personal, I had his personal oh, number. Oh, okay, okay. But I also wasn't had his answering that, number. but he also yeah, but he, he refused to mess How did me. that end end eventually? Oh, it was <laughs> It was poetic justice. It was so good. Uh, so I, uh, I show up to his job and he, imagine a guy who's like 6'4", like shaking. Well, yeah, they're, they're little bitches. I've had grown ass men cry all the time. Such little bitches, okay? So I'm like, okay. So I'm like, here's, what, what had happened was that the last time we had went on a brunch before he fucking disappeared is that he, this motherfucker made me pay for the brunch because oh. he, he had forgotten his wallet at home. Okay, and I was like, oh, bitch, hell no. This is fucking, I'm going to settle this shit, okay? So then I show up to his job and he's shaking. I was like, so listen, here's the deal. There's this really amazing Mexican place around here. It was like one of the expensive friends. I was like, you're going to take me out to dinner. And I was like, and you're going to pay for dinner because the last time I paid for my shit because you lied about your wallet. So let's go. So then uh, we go sit down and we start having dinner. And I was like, did anybody ever tell you uh, that you are a complete asshole? Uh, I was like, I think, I was like, you know, and he started smirking. I'm like, I know why you're smirking because you've gotten away with this shit before, haven't you? I was like, no woman has called you out on your shit before, hasn't she? And he was like, he was like, well, you know, I was like, well, not today, bitch. Today is not your day. So I was like, what you're going to do is you're going to pay for my dinner. And I'm going to tell you to fuck off and then I'm going to leave. How about that? Uh, and that's exactly what I did. And I was like, thank you for dinner. And now go fuck yourself. And then I left. It was great. Nice. <laughs> did you get it to go or did you stay there and eat with him? Oh, no, I sat there and ate. I wanted to oh, watch okay. him squirm because I wanted to <laughs> enjoy the 
whole experience. I wanted to enjoy the whole thing. So funny. Eating, letting him pay for the bill, watching him squirm and get all weird and insecure. It was awesome. That's a fucking epic story. I will I will suggest <laughs> to anybody listening though, my personal thing is if somebody like ghosts you, because like a lot of girlfriends will always message the guy after and try to cuss him off. And I'm like, don't do it because yeah. what you did is different. Like you, you actually got like that face to face, which you sort of made happen. Um, mm-hmm. But to be honest with you, the truth is we're, and that's separate from love bombing. That's just an asshole. Like love yeah. bombing, I think are people who don't always know what they're doing. And sometimes they do some, sometimes yeah. they do, they do know yeah. what they're doing. I think yeah. a lot of people are kind of like what Adam said, it, it where they're just in the moment, especially your age. If you're in your early 20s, sometimes you're just young and you don't have experience and you don't know better. So you say shit. And then like Maya Angelou says, when you know better, you do better, hopefully. And so Mm -hmm. as you get older, you become less likely to say everything that pops in your head. You're like, oh shit, this could have repercussions. And, And then, you know, you start discerning a little bit more. Um, but I do want to. But, wanna, I, wanna but I will out. say for assholes, they know what they're doing. Oh, they know exactly what they're doing. I so honestly, you sending them a text is not listen, gonna. I would never do this at my thirties. Like I would never do that. That's just. I would just be like, you know what? Thank you for ghosting me. Thank you for letting me know. Have a nice day. Goodbye. You know. Yeah. But I think back then, because I was so new to the dating world, because I had married all this time, I was just like, I guess this is how you handle shit. You know, <laughs> like this is how you handle it. And I think because I grew up with men. I kind of think like a boy in that sense. It's just like, you know, we have like a talk, like a man to man. We have a conversation, we settle shit, and then we move the fuck on. And I think that's how I was handling it. And then very quickly learned that, you know, it also just kind of leaves you, although you feel like empowered or whatever the fuck, but then you leave and you're just like, what was that about? Like, really, who cares? Who cares? You know, move on. This person is a waste of your time. Just, Just move on. And I think, uh, but I, I don't know. I, I guess uh, I, I'm still in the, I'm, I feel like I'm still in the, in the growing process, clearly with this person. Like, I, I mean, I just feel like every person that comes into your life comes in for a purpose, right? Yes. This person is in my life to teach me something. What is the lesson I am not learning, right? What is the lesson I am not getting? Because I don't want this lesson to come back. So I want to learn this lesson now. This, if, this may, if it takes me three tries to learn this lesson, then fuck it, it takes me three tries because I just don't want to go through it again. So I think well, that's... As your, as your girl right here, I'm, I'm just going to say you deserve more. That's mm-hmm. one of your Thank biggest you. lessons. Thank you. Is you are, Thank you. You are worth, you. Agreed. You are worth more and you need to believe that. Yeah. And and when you do, your, your choices are going to be very different. Agreed. I 100% agree with you. This is such a cathartic... <laughs> now, uh, I'm going to cancel my therapy session. Uh, <laughs> uh, start paying us. <laughs> I like that you're a very direct person, you know, like yes. I think that you had mentioned earlier that someone had told you that. And I think that that's a great quality to have, you know, like for me being someone who has dated people who've played too many games, and, you know? Yeah. Are you talking about me being direct? Sorry. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. I think it's really good that you, you know, you seem very, uh, you express yourself and you aren't afraid to discuss things, which is really good. Yeah, but I think most men get scared though. Adam. What is that about? Oh, wait, what? we're pausing on that because we're going to talk about that in the next episode. Oh, on yeah. Under Roll. Nice segue. I got the set. I got the set. 
but I do, but I do want to, that's a very good question. Adam, you gotta, you have some time, come up with an answer. Um, but as we wrap this episode out, um, how can we, uh, try to like, if we are being love bombed, what are some things you do you think we could do? Um, so hopefully listeners can maybe apply some of that if they see fit, um, to sort of, you know, chill on some of that. Like, how, what, what can we do if we're being love bombed? You're asking me? Yeah. Or try, how, how do we try to avoid being love bombed? I feel like, I think one of the key things about love bombing is a recognizing it, right? A lot of people are just like yeah. getting up in it. So one, number one thing is recognition. Like you have to be like fully aware. I think I used to go on dates and be like, Oh my God, I'm having such a good time. And just like totally lose myself and then walk away. And then be like, wait, what happened now? Like, so I think being in the moment is so important uh, when this person is love bombing you. So you just immediately kind of first is the recognition of it. Second is I feel for me and what I'm learning now is like, how do you feel when you're with this person? How do you feel? Like they can love bomb you all they want, but what are their actions? Like do their actions match their words? Like yeah. if they don't, then, you know, there's, there's your answer. And just like, I'm going through this right now with this guy. It's just like the, your actions don't match your words. And even when you bring stuff up and they start gaslighting you, that's another huge thing. It's just like, oh, what are we labeling this now? Well, bitch, you told me you're in love with me. So which is it? So why would labeling that be a problem? You know, um, I feel yeah. like. Sorry, yeah. go ahead. Yeah. And I, I feel like uh, some of the other things are, you know, uh, just just recognizing that this person uh, will just keep telling you that, no, we're, we're meant to be together. This person it just keeps telling you we're meant to be together. We're soulmates, uh, you know. And I'm just like, dude, I barely like know you, you know. Also, another huge factor, this person never asks you questions about you. Mm. It's all about them. Mm. About them, what they want, what their life is then never take the initiative to be like, what do you like? What do you want? You know, what are your aspirations? Yeah. How do you see your life in the next five years? You know, what are your dreams? What are you working on right now? Like this person is in the business with me. This person has never asked me once what projects I'm working on. They have never asked me how I got to be where I am. And can I tell you, like I, um, so one thing that my therapist got me to do, mm-hmm. which has helped me a lot is... I'm actually going to bring it. Pause. Okay. Cause, cause this is fucking zoom. I can do this. Hold on. I'm bringing it. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. She's back. Got me to write in a little booklet kind of thing of my non-negotiables. And so now anybody who doesn't match this literally gets like I have to make a hard decision that they just don't match. Mm-hmm. The mine is like literally there. It's like no job or career. No job. We don't <laughs> have chemistry. Mm. Not short. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I have to have my my thing. Like isn't family oriented or whatever, right? And so mm-hmm. like now and one, not supportive of my career. And I've always had that. I've always had those people that. Um, acted like they were and then got really insecure about it and whatever. And now I'm actually dating somebody and I was like, whoa, like I went through this list and I was like, oh my God, he literally doesn't have any of this. Like normally I've had somebody have one of these things. 
and yeah. he hasn't had any of it. And a big one for me was every time we talk, he remembers every single little thing I have done work-related. He watches everything. He, wow. If I'll put like a short video on like Instagram, he'll watch it. If I go do an Instagram live wow. with somebody, he watches it. He doesn't even tell me he's watching it, but he, he watches it. And then yeah. every time I have like a meeting, he's like, how did the meeting go? And then we'll have like a discussion about it. And I'm like, oh, this is crazy. Like somebody's actually interested in what I'm doing and like asks about my family and is like, are your parents safe? Like how's Aiden? Like things that I, I was like, oh, sh- wasn't used to like people have always acted like they were interested, but never even watched a single thing I did. Um, so, you know, if, if I'm just saying, I have not gotten it down perfectly at all. I'm not by far somebody who's gotten it down perfectly, but I've made so much progress by doing things like this, where now if I see things like somebody love bombing, like one big thing I've said on this podcast is people like, I think our biggest mistake is we feel first and think later and we need to think first and feel later. Agreed. The feeling will happen. Love is there. If it's going to be there, you're going to feel a connection. That's going to last. But in the beginning, you need to think to be like, does this feel right? I think that's a big one with love bombing. Like, does this feel normal? Like if somebody says we're soulmates after two weeks, I freak out when somebody says that I'm immediately like, you're nuts because I go, you're really insecure and you're trying to say anything to get me because you don't know me. I'm actually got some fucking deep, dark skeletons in my back. You don't know that. That's right. And the second you do, you could jump ship. Like you said, like, that's right. So it's like, you don't know anything about me to suddenly be like, we're soulmates. Um, So I do think like, using some of our critical thinking in the beginning and being like, does this fit the sort of, it doesn't have to be society's timelines, just your gut instinct. Like just trust that if it feels too soon, it's probably too soon. Um, If something feels not right, it's not right. I want to also point out one tiny thing. I know it's so tiny, but it's so important when this person, like when you're out with this person and they want something that they're like, oh, I'm going to go get a water or I'm going to go get a beer and they never ask you what you want. Mm. So small, but it speaks volumes of what this person, how this person looks at you and treats you. Like yesterday we were out walking and he was like, oh, I'm going to go get a beer. Never once asked me, do you want anything? Can I get you anything? Never. I had my dog with me. It was a hot day. Never was like, hey, let me get some water for your dog. Nothing. Just. I just. will say, I think you've talked yourself into your answer through it this sounds, whole thing. Yeah. <laughs> and so I hope you're going to listen back to this. Yeah. yeah. Well, exactly what I need to do at this point. Because yeah. at the end of the day, if somebody's a grown ass man and he's been married and he had a, he had a kid and all that shit, oh, he, he knows what he's doing. Oh, okay, he even if he wasn't married, he's, he's a grown ass man. Yeah, and he hopefully he's decently successful, and if he is, he knows what he's doing. Yeah. Um, yes, Adam. One, I'm so one sorry. One other uh, thing I just think it's important to say on this topic is that if you want to make sure that you know if you're on the first few dates with someone, that you have what I would consider normal dates. Like 
a hangout or some casual dinner, you know, or something like that. Because if every time you go out with someone, it seems like this amazing date where they're taking you to dinner and then you're going out for drinks, then maybe at the club or, you know, whatever you're doing that's fun, you know, if every time is like that, you can't really gauge if this guy isn't just like, you know, spending lots of money and giving you a good time, you know, or if he's investing himself like personally in the relationship with you. Mm -hmm. That's why they do that shit on The Bachelor. When they take them on grand dates, it's because of like all the excitement and shit. It makes you feel like you're in love faster. So so it's all chemical. I mean, that's, that's the same thing. Like, yeah. Yeah. You guys remember Valencia? Yeah. Um, Valencia, the the one who who it's the a guy. terrible date I had. She dated. The, oh, oh god, for. yes, Valencia. I have never watched the oh, shows. No, no, I, they I, went to the city. I, Valencia. I went on a bad date with. Oh, Nicknamed him Valencia. Um, very nice guy. Just did stupidly bad things. And one was like, I remember our first date, and he's very rich or whatever. So I'm sure it was not a big deal. Like he went to Nobu all the time, and I was like, oh, okay, we're having a first date in Nobu, but it turned into a one hour thing. And it was like on the clock. Like, I got to go, I got to go, I got to go because he had a flight to catch for a work thing, even though he had planned this like two weeks before. And I'm like, you kind of knew what, what was happening. And so again, but it comes down to that thing of like somebody trying to like, and every time he came on a date, he brought me gifts every time. And it was like, Oh, you know, here's this brand I work with. I thought you'd like this. And I was like, okay, thanks. Thanks. I mean, I, I did like the clothes, but I, I wasn't like, I was like, this is fucking weird. Um, <laughs> yeah. and so, but again, that's just science, right? Like somebody is trying to get you to stay by showering you with things. And I just didn't care. I was like, I like to go out with somebody who I know I can kick it with at a 24 seven diner in New York at three in the morning. Then that's I'd right. be like, yeah, we're cool. Like, can we eat a turkey burger together? Like, then you're my soulmate. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, all right, guys. Well, this was awesome. I hope everybody listening got something out of it. Um, I feel like I did. Uh, Mona, you're not totally done. We have your six questions before we get into the next episode. Um, this is our version of, I don't know, like Oprah Super Soul Sunday, but it's about <laughs> dating. Um, so these are our original questions. And however you perceive them is is it's up to you. Can I just say something? I think this might be uh, oh this might be the Oprah. So this since this is the Indian version, it's the Chopra version. Uh, but <laughs> it was too good to pass. I'm sorry. I, just I love to. it. I love it. Um, okay, Mona. Here are your six questions. What is the first thing you notice about a potential partner? Their height. <laughs> Heightest. It's okay. Um, what is one deal breaker? Oof. Just one. Um, Main one. No job or career. Mm-hmm. Um, what turns you on? Um, honesty. What are one of your strengths and one of your weaknesses in relationships? One of my strengths is... Uh, I'm just super loyal. Uh, I think my weakness is also being super loyal. Yeah. 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 What is love? I have no fucking idea. 
the most honest thing we've ever heard. I love yeah. that. Um, besides I love you, what three words would you want your partner to tell you? Um, I'm here for you. Okay, we'll go with here for you. Here for you. Yeah, here for you. <laughs> because it's four. <laughs> Well, we love it, Mona. Thank you so much for being on the show. This is so um, great. Thank you so much. You're hanging out for one more episode, but yes. uh, how can everyone find you on socials and just plug whatever you want? Uh, you can find me on uh, Instagram and Twitter at uh, Mona's Comedy. So very simple. Uh, I'm on Facebook at uh, Mona Shake Comedian, which is a uh, Shake It or Break It, which is S-H-A-I-K-H, Comedian. Um, and yeah, and I think uh, you had mentioned my show, Minority Reports, that I do. So we used to do online, uh, li- uh, you know, we used to do live comedy shows that we've been doing. Uh, so we were doing Desi Girls Night Out and all those amazing brands. So now we're doing them online. So where I do them every Friday uh, at, at 7.30 or 8 p.m. Pacific. Uh, you can follow us at Minority Reports for the Z.com. Uh, and we're also on Facebook, Twitter, uh, you know, Instagram, and uh, yeah, if you guys want to come and watch our show, we do it every Friday. Love it. Um, guys, Adam, Aisha, where can everybody find you guys on socials? You guys can find me at Aisha Says Dance across all social media networks. And I am Adam Pineless uh, online as well. <laughs> Uh, And friends, please make sure you follow the show on social media. If you like us, you like what you hear, please do it. We are at Kinda Dating across the board. I am at Natasha Chandel on Instagram, Natasha Chandel Official on Facebook, (laughs) Natasha underscore Chandel on Twitter. Thank you so much for downloading this episode. If you could please take a few seconds and review us on iTunes, we would be so grateful. Also send us your dating stories and thoughts to kindadating at gmail.com. Finally, I know it seems tough out there, but just try. Till next time. Kind of Dating is created, produced, and hosted by myself, Natasha Chandel. Aisha Holden is my co-host. Our producer is Adam Pineless, and our intern is Karina Uribe. The opening music is composed by Joe Lorenzetti, and our logo and graphics are by Jenna Yannick and K. Daniel Ellis.